And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Copy. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because you'll get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. Uh, along shortly, Patrick Lyons, beat writer, will be here to discuss the 4-3 to three loss in walk-off fashion at the hands of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Cody Bellinger getting it done there at the end. Of course, anybody who watched uh, last season for the Colorado Rockies was very familiar with walk-offs in L.A. and remembers the series where it happened three times in a row, and so this was probably a little bit of flashback deja vu in in the worst possible way for Rockies fans. But honestly, um, I am far more encouraged by what we saw in the baseball diamond today. And and obviously the results, they have to turn around. They, they, They have to for any kind of encouraging feeling for anybody out there to last. I understand that. But ultimately, what we saw today was a really well-played baseball game that could have gone either way, and that has been a dramatic change from what we have seen uh, the last couple of days. Uh, Even as the Rockies kind of made that one close against Houston, uh, they, they looked thoroughly outclassed for three games in a row at the end of this losing stretch here. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> and the most recent part of it. We'll see if it's the end or not. Um, but th- this, to me, was a wholly different baseball game. I said on the Denver Sports Podcast the other day that the big sign for me here in L.A. really wasn't going to be could the Rockies come away with a certain number of wins. It was just can they play good baseball and be in these games. And today I think they met that threshold, but... Let's dive into it as Patrick Lyons joins us from uh, from wherever he may be. I suppose <laughs> we don't from we don't give out that den. kind of where else would oh, I be? But come the lion's on, den. come on! It was right there in front of my face the whole time. So, uh, Patrick, the Rockies fans are sad, as you would imagine. A little too much, a little too late again. Was going to stop drink, day drinking, but uh, I, I added the day. I don't know why. Maybe that was just me. I added the day drinking in there. Going to stop drinking, but not now. Hopefully you got those Breck brews flowing. <laughs> Sean, love these rocks, but they never fail to put me in a terrible mood. Patrick, I was just saying that, you know, for... And I'm pretty good at separating mood from outcomes of games in general anyway. I think people know that about me, but... 
Uh, I was actually just very encouraged by I the, I thought this was a very good baseball game. Kyle Freeland was excellent. Yancy Almonte was phenomenal. Um, I, I like the Rockies' approach of trying to scratch out some runs against guys who were all sitting on 98 to 100 miles an hour at the fastball. It's a great team. It's hard to beat them there. It's hard to beat them anywhere. And the Rockies, you know, they were they were stealing bases. They were moving guys over. They were getting them in. Um, I didn't think they played a, a poor baseball game today, though getting walked off on never feels good. Well, the headline, of course, is the fact that they've lost again six straight now, two and 11 since going 11 and three and having the best record in MLB. <laughs> they were competitive. And like you said, they're going into this series. There is no way to really hope for a series win where you're going to take two out of three. You hope you can get one. There's still that potential on Saturday's, excuse me, Sunday's matinee, but they were competitive and they haven't looked awful in these games certainly there have been those flaws there have been those issues that they they need to clean up and have ultimately been the difference between them you know winning and losing and they're losing right now because they're not doing those little things well and we've been saying that all season long when they win and when they lose is are you doing the little things well and even in that last play where Bellinger hits the walk-off home run Sam Hilliard wasn't he was not able to read the ball well off the bat because that ball barely scraped over the wall and had he maybe taken a better first step he could have had a chance to bring that in now again this loss is in no way hangs on him and i give him the benefit sure. of the doubt because i knew there's a new setup uh, in lights there at dodger stadium uh, as it you know, just recently completed you know some major renovations in this past offseason and cody bellinger himself did not even see the ball off of his bat. So I'm not really sure what's happening there in, in L.A. Uh, we do know there's forest fires and whatnot, so perhaps the sky is a little bit hazier than than normal. We've obviously experienced that here in Colorado, so uh, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that But because if Bellinger's not seeing it, there's obviously something strange going on. But competitive is the word of the day after the other word which is loss. <laughs> You're right. Sure, sure, right. A a exactly right. But, uh, it, you know, they're not going to play every game against the Dodgers, and so we understand that, you know, the division is almost certainly not going to be the goal here. So if you're if you're shifting your focus to, you know, staying in playoff contention, uh, eventually getting off of this team-wide schneid and, and playing better baseball, a lot of good signs out there. Today and and I see Ken, you know, asking the question: Which fan base is more down right now, Rocks fans or Nuggets fans? That's easy, Nuggets fans. That's the playoffs. There's a, and you know your 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 games start ticking down at that point. The Rockies are in the first half of their season. There are problems that need to be solved, but there's time to solve them. Not a ton of time, but there's time. Uh, th there's time to get Nolan Arenado hitting above 218 now after another 0 for day and and a few other things that we've talked about for. A guy like Sam Hilliard, who um, has probably never played at Dodger Stadium before, also like he, he, you know his first go round in the big leagues at, at a lot of these things, right? So like, um, you know, seeing his back coming around, him finally like feeling a little success of getting one off of a guy everyone has been the talk of the town, Dustin May out there, and he and he was fantastic in a lot of ways today, but being able to get that home run. You know this this builds confidence for these young players at the at the big league level here. So 
I mean, that's the main difference. There's just time to turn this thing around. If they can, how they will, what they need, all those remain unanswered questions. Yeah, I think Colorado feels, the Rockies, that is, feel like these are getting to be some must-win games, but they're not. They could lose nine in a row and still make the postseason, and it's all going to be forgotten and erased once you hit the playoffs. But like the Nuggets, no, you you cannot afford to lose many more. Let's just leave it at that. So. Right, it, it is do or die at that point, and they are quite literally must-win games right. for the Nuggets, where that's not the case for Colorado right now. You do hope they can turn it around, but, you know, right, you made a good point, Drew, about them being out of contention for the NL West. Fine, you're not going to do that. You're not going to play the rest of your games against the Dodgers, but you are going to play eight more against the Dodgers. <laughs> I was going to say that there, <laughs> there, there are still several left, though. Yeah. And you have to figure those out because, again, if, if you're going right. to be in contention for one of those eight and they're slowly starting to fall back in the pack, and even yesterday Baseball Reference you know, posted their uh, percentages of, of teams making the, the playoffs, and, again, we don't know what, what goes into that formula that they utilize, but Rockies were – quite far back as like you know maybe the 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 11th you know most likely team to do that so they're gonna have to start winning some games against the Dodgers no two ways about it and again much like last Sunday was against the Rangers as close as a thing to a must win this is even closer to a must win and with Antonio Senzatella on the hill you know that that obviously gives them a good shot with how well that that 25 year old has been pitching this season Yeah, absolutely. But before we talk about tomorrow's pitching matchup, we do have to talk about this one a little bit and give out a little bit of candy, give out a little bit of love, toast a little bit of Breck Brew to Kyle Freeland for being your draft king of the game. Remember to use that promo code DNVR at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And yeah, Freeland was, uh, we've said it a couple of times, Patrick, but every time he goes back out there, it just cements, right? That cement just dries up a little bit more. And we can say again, Kyle Freeland is back. Um, Whether or not he'll continue to be the 2018 version of himself, which is what he's been so far and not the average that we kept bringing up over and over again, you know, we'll see. But again, the process is there it is i mean he is he's hitting his spots he's hitting the edges he's getting bad swings out of good hitters on on great teams uh the two runs he gave up early today uh pretty rough that first one was pretty uh pretty silly that it came around on a single from Corey seager when bet scored all the way from first after seager got hung up over there in the rundown um I didn't get a great angle from of the whole play to see exactly whose fault that was. If there was somebody that should have peeked over and thrown it home, because you've always got to be aware of that when you're in the rundown there. Um, if it was Nolan for initially putting them in that spot for throwing a bit too soon, you know, I I'm not sure who you put that on, but that was a that's just a blown weird defensive play to just give up a run there. Yeah, and. Because Betts was on first base, if you go back and watch that clip, Story is playing a lot more up the middle uh, because Betts has got some wheels, right? He's not stealing as many as he did a couple years ago in Boston. 
but you do have to be wary of that stolen base threat, and he gets on second base. Now he will score on a single. Lo and behold, because of the positioning of Story, that ball gets in there where that would have been a six-four-three double play. Easy, yeah. maybe against against any you know any other team and with anybody else on first base. And as you said, yeah, he comes around to score in a rather strange way, and that leads to probably his only bad pitch of the night to Chris Taylor. And yeah. uh, as as I, I pointed out in in the recap of today's game, that ball is an out 72% of the time. 72% of the time. His worst no. pitch of the night is something that has an expected batting average of only 280. Yeah. That's insane. So that, that again, is another indicator. Eight ground ball outs, no fly ball outs. They, they Dodgers were not really able to get the ball out of the infield. Two more double plays to add to his, his uh, league-leading total. Adds to the Rockies... MLB leading total. They're ahead by like I think twenty double plays. It's insane how many twin killers yeah. they've had this year. And Freeland's been at the front of that. That yeah, point. yeah. He gets a lot of ground balls. The defense is really good. Um, they allow some base runners, and so there's a certain you know combination of things that allow them to turn a lot of double plays. But yeah, as we've Continue to say, if the starting pitching goes out and competes like this, the wins will start to come. You just, you know, obviously they're going to have to get some hits with runners in scoring position. Uh, That's always one of those things in baseball that uh, fans almost always feel like their team is terrible with runners in scoring position because it's hard to get hits at any time. Um, And you remember those ones. The most, the Rockies were pretty good early in the season in that category. Obviously, they've been struggling lately, 0 for 9 tonight. But, um, and I and I know, buddy, I saw somebody earlier talking about how Buddy keeps saying, you know, that the hits are going to come and how frustrating that is. But especially when your cleanup hitter and a guy with multiple silver sluggers on his mantle is hitting 218, that's all you can say. That's, there's not much more to it than that and i and i think ultimately that he's right your only your hope has to be that when those hits do come that your pitching holds up and continues to pitch the way they did tonight precisely right and and with the score 3-2 going into that seventh inning actually let's even go back half a step the score is 2-2 and the rockies are are able to get a run when Trevor Story get reaches second base uh, on a, a infield single and an error. Blackman, ground ball, moves him over to third base. Arenado doesn't hit the ball very far. It only traveled about 280 feet, unfortunately, but it was enough to score Story. So you see them manufacturing a run, and yeah. then two innings later, uh, identical situation. Story's yep. on third base. Arenado's at the plate, and an unfortunate ground ball to Muncie kind of kicked off of his glove, deflected perfectly to the shortstop Seeger, and they don't get that run. But if they do, th- we're talking about you know how the Rockies were able to win this ball game with a mix of, of great starting pitching, a nice job by the bullpen helping out, and them just manufacturing runs and doing the little things well. It's you know they can win ball games without the hits coming. When they do, it'll make it all the more easier. But I think they've they've shown. I think even in the early part of the season, uh, during that first two week stretch, that they can win some games just with strictly manufacturing runs. Yeah, 
Yeah, that that was a, a real tough break. That might have been the unluckiest play of the season. Because as a runner, when you see that ball hop out of the glove of the mm-hmm. third baseman, you you take. I saw some people trying to get on Trevor on Twitter for that, and uh, I, no, 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 no. A hundred percent of the time, you see the ball. The chances that the ball comes out of the glove and goes right to the shortstop are one in a thousand when I've never seen it. I've never seen that happen before. You know, he was standing like right next to him, which is weird <laughs> right. for, for numerous reasons. And I, so I'm a good, I'm a good lip reader. I mean, I'm not, I'm probably one tier beneath, beneath John boy. And yeah. when story came into the dugout, you know, buddy said like, good job getting in that rundown because that got Arenado to second base um, Murphy at the plate. All it's going to take is a single and Arenado can score. So, you know, again, it, you do what you can, and, and Story was out, obviously, by a mile, but he was able to extend the play a little bit to get Arenado down to second base. So you're right. That, yeah. that was an unfortunate, in, in many ways, that, that could have even been the moment of the game that was a very pivotal point that really could have, you know, obviously changed the outcome of this game if the Rockies take that lead. I had a fun lip-reading moment for the night. The camera caught uh, Kyle Freeland in a particularly fiery moment right after. I think it was a strikeout of Taylor in the middle innings when he was really cooking. And, and he, as he was turning around and, and receiving the ball back from Tony Walters, I'm 98% sure he said, and I, I've got to slightly censor <laughs> the situation here, um, give me that effing ball back. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> and it wasn't you know he wasn't like mad at tony wolters for not throwing the ball back fast enough he was ready to throw the next pitch and you're just like that dude man he is he's locked in he's he's feeling good and and that means good things you know eventually for your colorado rockies yeah he, um, he was he was amped up there in, in in a major way and and unfortunately that became a bad thing in that seventh inning where you look at his final line and you go, six strikeouts, nice. Three walks, not so nice, but two of those walks did come there in the seventh where he was, I think he was overly amped up a little bit and he was just overthrowing. Uh, and you, you just see he, he just worked a little harder than he needed to. But yeah, he normally he can he can corral that, that amplitude this year. And yeah, just a really nice start from him. And now maybe you, you start really thinking again, crunching those numbers and say, maybe we extend this guy. Yeah. That'll and be a Six topic for, for six day. for quality start. Kyle, start printing the shirts, Eric. Let's go. It's the worst nickname. It's the worst. Uh, but he's six for six and quality starts. So I don't know. You come up with a better nickname revolving around the quality start stat. <laughs> Somebody out there. Let's see you do it. Um, but Deborah, I agree. I agree with this comment, and I wrote about this today. Nolan is the key. He needs to turn it around. Um, <laughs> Joseph, do I think they will win any more games this season? I do indeed. In fact, I guarantee, I guarantee you the Colorado Rockies will win at least one more game this season. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook <laughs> app, put it down. I don't think you can bet. Or else what? Know. Or else what? What if they yeah, don't? Know, what right? if they don't, Drew? What, what if, if they, they lose don't? another what would they have 30 some 30 games? 30 something in a row? Yeah. Uh, that would be a record, I think. It might be. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's obviously not going to happen. Uh, that would, yeah, Relax. that would be a record. But I can, yeah. we, can, we can't tell you what day it will be. 
No. I no. think we can tell you the month. I think. <laughs> I think it'll be August. Yeah, I think I they'll. Think, I think I so. I think I, so. I, I think they're going to get it turned around before too long. And it's because of what I wrote about today and what Deborah was talking about there. Uh, it, it really does a lot of it comes down to their best player has to play good. Uh, and, you know, it's it's not exactly rocket science. I didn't exactly break the mold with my analysis on the piece today. But I do think that um, there's been a glossing over of this for some reason because he's been so good for his career. I understand that to an extent. And I also think it may be a little bit, Patrick, that people drew battle lines in the offseason and picked sides and dug in on something and... Um, you know, I and, and I don't know to what extent Nolan Arenado's mentality is impacting his play, his mentality about the team and, and, and all the stuff that we've talked about. But regardless of the reason for it, right, when you're a small to mid-market team, when you're the superstar on your team and you're not one of three or four superstars on your team, you have to perform or your team can't contend it's it's as simple as that and he's not and they're falling out of contention and if he turns it around they'll get right back into the mix of things i think maybe one of the issues for nolan is uh besides trying too hard which is is a thing and and hey that's a it's a good thing to be guilty of right because you care and, and and nobody cares more about winning on this Rockies team than Nolan Arenado. Nobody. And I'm really just wondering if this offseason, his game plan was to take his game to another level. And in many ways, he has. He He's not striking out. His, his strikeout rates are insanely low. And his launch angle has increased. But his hard hit rate has decreased. So he's really just popping the ball up a lot more. And he's instead of striking out, now he's popping the ball up. So he he checked off a lot of really good boxes, you know, in in the offseason. If this was part of his game plan, but in doing so, I think he's just completely gone away from his game, and I don't think he's feeling comfortable. And now it's really just a this game of catch up, and and I don't know if he'll, he'll if he will entirely catch up by the end of the season. But I think at a certain point, he may need to just throw in the towel and just say, look, I'm going to go back to doing what I did the the entire time of my career these seven years in Colorado and just try to just hit line drives hit the ball hard and if I strike out more so be it right um, totally and 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 it's it's it isn't all about launch angle it's it, that's not the, the the be all end all and yeah he's improved in that area and his strikeouts are down but again that's that's neither here nor there yes that a lot of those things are real positive indicators for success but just look at the stats at the end of the year, every single season for Nolan Arenado, and that's success. You don't need to know where his launch angle is at. You don't need any of those stat cast numbers to, to, to compute how good Nolan Arenado is. You just see the results. You see him on the field, and you go, damn, that guy can play ball. And he really just needs to get back to being that guy. Yeah, and, and he, just, he, does, he just hasn't been. I love Deborah's theory here that maybe he needs a haircut. That those are the kinds of things like yeah totally that that's what I would be doing right now because they 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 need a shake up um, there's 
you know, they're they're not as good as the Los Angeles Dodgers, and that's a big part of the reason why they keep losing to them. But it, they're not going to lose every game that they play to the Dodgers forever as well. Like, it, this has been going on for, for a while now, going back to last year. And I do see a lot of people... Um, they're they're creating an in, interesting cutoff point. Uh, they're going back to the the very end of of 2018 uh, to talk about this Rocky the, how the Rockies haven't beat the the Dodgers in a while. Because if you go to the season and a half right before that, the Rockies actually took the series from the Dodgers, which is interesting and was not to be expected. Um, and there was actually they swept a four game set in LA in 2018. So right before this horrid stretch they're on right now where they can't seem to beat L.A., as people love to chant, um, it will come to an end. And it wasn't that long ago that this same group of guys, people, they're in their heads. These guys know they can't win in L.A. Like, Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, and John Gray, uh, who else was it? Tony Walters. These guys, David Dahl, those guys walked into L.A. and swept a four-game set that drove them into the postseason just a couple of years ago. So uh, I think it's more that right now the Dodgers are playing very good baseball and they're the better team. And right now the Rockies are in a rut and they're searching for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, the, the Dodgers are, are doing the little things well, right? right. And it's, uh, it, it's frustrating, sure, no doubt. But I, you know, when, when you're a ball player and, and you compete, you have to have that, that positive mentality that you're going to have – Success. I've, I've, I've mentioned this uh, many, many times, but it was probably the first time that, uh, Drew, you had introduced me to, to DJ LeMahieu. And he was on the DL at the time, uh, now known as the IL. And sure. we, we, were, we were just having a conversation about, you know, um, you know young pitchers versus veterans. And, and LeMahieu said, like, I would rather face Clayton Kershaw any day of the week simply because I can close my eyes and see myself having success against him. Now, whether that's success, you know, batting 200, right? That's that's one out of every five times. So you're not doing very well against Clayton Kershaw. But that positive mentality that you need to have as a professional athlete is is that you are going to be successful at that point. I mean, think about a guy like Daniel Bard who had the yips and stepped away from baseball. Right. Well, when he decided he wanted to give it a try again, he had to now mentally block out all of those negative thoughts and negative moments and just think about those positive ones to get where he's at today. He's going to have to do it again his next time out because he only threw two pitches tonight and he ended the game. That's that. But that's part of baseball. You go out. There's always a there's always another game tomorrow. You always have another shot, three more at-bats, another time in the order, and you just have to, to have that positive mentality to go out there and say, you know what? I can do it. So it, it doesn't matter if it's the Dodgers. It doesn't matter if it's a guy you're 0 for 20 against. You're going to go up there saying, I can do this. You're going to imagine it in your head. Right. Even if it's never even happened, you're going to imagine it. And that's just what you do as an athlete. So, you know, the numbers might 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 beg otherwise in, in, in more recent times that the Dodgers have the Rockies number. But as you pointed out, Drew, it wasn't that long ago that the, the Rockies – you know, made the Dodgers call on their daddy to take yeah. a phrase from Pedro Martinez. Straight up. And Deborah with a specific great memory from that series. Remember Russ and giving Turner the business in that sweep, giving him the, 
the quick pitch. And you could have argued in that moment exactly right, Patrick, that the Rockies were in the Dodgers' heads. It wouldn't have been true, but you could have made that point at the end of that season. And it's and it's not true now that the Dodgers are in the Rockies' heads. Um, they're just the better baseball team right now. And you know what? They're the better baseball team than everybody in the National League and probably everybody in the American League, too. They're probably the best team in baseball. So tough matchup. Let's see what happens next, I think. But um, before we get into what's ha- what's going to happen next, actually, if you think you know what's going to happen next, then what you got to do is download that DraftKings Sportsbook app because you can make quite a bit of money on your knowledge of sports, whether you're in baseball, hockey, basketball. Uh, don't bet on the Colorado teams lately if you're into those three sports, though. I think they're all going to turn it around. I mean, the Avs, obviously, are going to be fine. Um, God, the Nuggets don't look good. Those were some ugly losses. But uh, your Colorado Rockies are due for some stuff. If you want to stay away from them, look around the league at some things or maybe just go with specific individuals. You think you know who's going to get your strikeouts, your home runs, your runs scored, your RBI, get a couple of hits in any given day. Uh, Charlie Blackman's due went over and he's sitting right at 400. Now he's fallen all the way down to a 400 batting average. So if you want to bet on him to bump that thing up a little bit back to where it should be, what, uh, download that DraftKings Sportsbook app. And remember to use the promo code DNVR when you sign up, because for a limited time, all users can get a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20 or more on all first-round playoff action. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out by offering a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20 uh, on all first-round playoff action. Again, that's promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or over. Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Zero. All right, Patrick. In the final game of this set, the Rockies trying to salvage a game here in Los Angeles. As you mentioned, they will send Antonio Senzatella to the hill. He's 3-0 on the season with a 290 ERA. He's got 24 strikeouts on the year, which is a, a huge improvement for where he was a year ago as one of the worst starters in baseball at getting swings and misses. He faces off against... Ross Stripling, who we know have been kind of a surprise all-star and just random like, oh, great, the Dodgers got another one of these guys who's just going to be awesome now. Uh, a little bit of struggle this year. Solid record at 3-1 and because, you know, the Dodgers can hit. But the ERA sitting there at 561. His last outing as a total disaster, allowing three home runs in a five-run third inning that he didn't get back out for uh, the fourth. And that was against the Seattle Mariners offense. But, of course, he's going to be looking to bounce back and prove that that was a a flukish thing. He's going to be extra locked in. I would think this is going to be a little bit of a a toss-up in my mind, Kind of like today's game between May and Freeland was, at least in terms of starting pitching, a toss-up in my mind. Uh, you figure at some point Senzatella is going to stumble a little bit. He's just been so good, but I don't think it's yet. I think he, I think he, I think he's got another jam in him, even. I do too, and you know we we talked about the Dodgers being in the Rockies' heads. 
think the Rockies are in the Rockies' heads. Yeah, totally. I think the Rockies are way more in their own heads than the Dodgers are, 100%. Let's face it, right? And I, and I think the one thing that, that Senzatella has done really well with, and you can even go back to their last start because they were already starting to, to reel through these losses and, and, and start tanking, so to speak, not intentionally. But I think he's going to do much better than getting in his own head and say, I, mean, I got to – I gotta stop this losing streak. I gotta help us defeat, you know, the Dodgers for the first time in forever. I don't think he's gonna worry about that. Go out, do his job, and you know what? If it's six innings, three runs, and they lose three nothing, so be it. But if it's six innings and three runs, and they end up winning five three, great. Then I did my job. So either way, right. have a quality start. And and you if you do that against this this lineup, which is really strong, really stacked at the top, you know, between Betts, Turner, Bellinger, Muncy, like they've just got so many guys. And, and coupled with the fact that, that Stripling is obviously much better than his ERA, it, it was very right. much inflated from that Mariner start, much like with Herman Marquez, who nearly doubled his ERA exactly. from what he just did the other day. So, you know, he's... He's he's a guy that has a lot to prove this year. I don't know. I think he needs to prove anything to the Rockies, who actually drafted him out of high school, believe it or not. Right. Um, but I think he has a lot, lot to prove because, frankly, the Dodgers had traded him this offseason. And then a bunch of stuff happened, and lo and behold, that trade never never manifested <laughs> itself. Jock Peterson ended up staying, uh, stuck around after possibly being part of the same deal. So... You know, Ross Stripling is, is definitely a competitor, and, you know, I, I would probably lean towards Stripling having the better start, but, you know, as long as Senzatella is competitive and keeps the Rockies in this game, they'll have another shot to win a ball game on Sunday. Yeah, and, and you actually reminded me of something we sort of glossed over earlier, so I want to talk about talk about the competitiveness and, like, the weighing of, you know, the Dodgers and winning this game and, and, and the moment – and it was the way Yancy Almonte pitched when he inherited that bases loaded, nobody out situation from Freeland there. And he almost refused to throw his fastball. And I I loved it. Like his approach and, and, and the gritty, like I'm going to keep throwing the slider and I'm going to keep it low. And sometimes it's going to hit the zone and sometimes it's, it's going to be a little bit low and you know, I'm not trying to walk anybody and I'm not going to put anything in the dirt. I'm going to trust my catcher here. But boy, that was a, a, a nails performance for him to not give in. And in that moment, Patrick, I thought you thought everyone listening to this, everyone watching this thought Chris Taylor about to hit a double in the gap and clear these bases and, and the game's over. And that that didn't happen. He got the double play that brought in a run, but still that double play and then didn't there with the guy on third because still even when the Rockies get that double play in the past and the guy's still there at third base the next guy hits a little bloopy single to right field and that run scores anyway and he's coughed up the lead despite everything else and uh, there were several opportunities for him to give in uh he, he kept working into to hitters counts because he was throwing the slider and keeping it low and, and guys were laying off of it but then he poured it in in those hitters counts and it was it was a thing to behold, like the the way he mentally approached that whole thing and absolutely refused. Like he just he beat the Dodgers hitters mentally. It was all up here. And that's what I loved about it. Yeah, he definitely seems to thrive on 
you know, pitching in, in those tough spots. He, he really loves it, you know, and, and which is, which is kind of strange. I mean, you get it if you're a reliever, obviously that's your job, but to say that you kind of, you know, almost wish to be in a situation like that is, um, is a little, you know, masochistic, I guess I would say, but, but he when people tell me they like to go bungee jumping. I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? That sounds horrible. But you know, Carlos Estevez and Nancy Almonte are like bases loaded. Nobody out. See what I can do with this. Precisely. And that ball that he got, you know, maybe in another world and Ryan McMahon is able to make the throw home. Like there's that chance. But again, you're up three, two, you say, take the two outs, give them the run. It's a three, two game. We have equal shots going forward, and you know, and it, it was fine. It that was no harm, no foul. Um, obviously, when you think about potentially getting the out at home, that's fine. But again, he got the job done there in, in, in a real major way. Battle back because the count was three zero too, so yeah. he was coming up. He was coming in really amped and just missed with that first pitch, yeah. and three zero. But to battle back and to get that was really really promising. Did walk two batters during the inning, um, but got a big strikeout to, to, to punctuate the end of the inning and give the Rockies that that next best chance when they came up the plate with a little bit of momentum. You even saw Freeland double play, boom! He's he's you know smashing the, the front railing of the yeah. dugout because he's like, wow, this could be really bad. We're winning this ball game. We're about to snap this losing streak. We're about to tell the Dodgers that we're no pushovers, and. Boom, he goes in and gets that job done. So that was, you're right, that, that was a really big spot. Um, and if the that ball just hadn't bounced right to the shortstop, as we talked about. But there's only, you know, a game of inches, as I suppose they all are at times. But uh, th- this was the big thing. Pitch well, uh, be competitive in the game. You know, it, it was really frustrating to watch them just not really have an opportunity. You're not talking about... Uh, a ball that glanced off the third baseman's glove in the first game of the series because they weren't in it to that extent. Uh, or, you know, some of those Astros games. So that last one sort of got wonky. But this is uh, this is a much bigger thing. And, uh, you know, Maddie asking the question, do you think we're going to be buyers or sellers? Um, they're not going to be much of either. Like in, in you know, in, in traditional Rockies fashion, I think if they – can pick up a few more wins here before the trade deadline, which I expect them to. And if they're above 500 coming up to it, I think they'll add a reliever or two. Uh, but they're not going to trade any top prospects. And if it's going the other way, might they move somebody out? I mean, they're not going to trade Charlie Blackman or Nolan Arenado. So, like, they're not going to sell, sell. So, no. You, you, you kind of answered your, your question there. If they're going to be buyers or they're going to be sellers. They're going to be the Rockies, and that's what they do, right? <laughs> I mean, look at last year at the trade deadline, yeah. too, where it very clearly seemed that this was a team that was not going to contend unless you go out and make a deal, which they didn't. They didn't acquire anybody. So they're a team that is not going to contend, and yet they didn't go off and, and try to – I'm sure Jeff Reddish did try to find a deal, but sometimes if you get too comfortable in trying to win every trade – or say, well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to lose here in, in any shape or form, so I'm not going to make a deal. If you can even just cut payroll, that can be a win, right? Teams have done that. We know that. So, they're right now. Teams are really in need of pitching, and not just good pitching. Everyone would love good pitching. They just need some 
pitching. Just like dudes the Phillies, who can throw the ball near the plate. Right. Philadelphia acquired three pitchers yesterday, and they actually had to give up a really talented starter uh, by the name of Nick Pavetta, who they kind of just grew a little bit too tired of, of waiting to see if he can come around. But he's somewhat of a sabermetric and stat cast darling. So the Red Sox got a guy that they can really hope on and, and could be a guy that becomes a number three starter for them. Uh, potentially once their their pitching coaches get their hand on them. So teams are overpaying a little bit if you're, if you're willing to make those deals. And right now, there's really only a handful of teams that are very clearly out of it. And they really aren't because of such a short season. All it takes <laughs> right. is a quick run. But if you know your team is just not very good to begin with, Pittsburgh Pirates and Boston Red Sox, who Apparently. they've been hurt a little bit by injuries. But yeah. going into the season, I, I was Still. not a fan of the Red Sox. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe maybe there's a, just a, a guy that you don't think is the guy that you're hoping he would be. So if you're saying, you know what, Phil Deal, maybe he's not going to be the guy we, we hoped he would be. And someone's going to overpay? Okay, great. Joe Harvey, James Pazos, any of those guys that you ultimately feel, you know what, this guy might compete for a spot in the bullpen at the beginning of next year. But he's going to have to earn that spot. We might designate this guy for assignment in the offseason. Then, then go ahead and, and make a deal. And maybe you pluck somebody from someone else's organization that you like that is a little undervalued. They did it with Tampa Bay. They did it with Herman Marquez. Now, they're not going to get a prospect of that caliber. But you know, there, there's boots on the ground for the Rockies and their scouts. And they know, not from this season, but in years past, obviously, since there's no minor league baseball, you know, Who's who in minor leagues? And if you got your eye on somebody, you can go and get someone to, to give you something that they wouldn't normally and that they shouldn't. Yeah. Look at Fernando Tatis I mean, Jr. Marquez was not a James top Shields. hundred prospect either. Yeah. I no. mean, like so so like we say now, like, oh, what a what a prospect Marquez ended up being. But it's like when when Jeff Breidich acquired him, uh, he he was not even the best pitching prospect or like the, the sort of middle pitching prospect. I remember when that trade was going down and we had uh, McGee and Dickerson. We, we knew the two major league players names and it was, we were waiting to hear, but we knew it was a minor league pitcher. So I remember going and looking at the Rays organization and pointing out like three or four different guys that it could have been. And Marquez being like fourth, just based on the, the scouting reports. And I don't know who those other guys were, but they weren't her man Marquez. So that, that that was a huge win, and so yeah, I, I think the the like the biggest type of thing I could see the Rockies doing, which this would maybe look more like a sell move, but I actually think you could pull off uh, a move that's both a sell and a buy is, is moving Daniel Murphy if he can get the bat going again, uh, if they're feeling more and more confident that Ryan McMahon is a, is going to be their first baseman for the next couple of years, and that they. Um, like what they feel like they can either get enough of Hampson at second or they've liked him more in the outfield this year. So that might be a little bit of a hindrance. Brendan Rogers coming along, you know, Chris Owings, if he can get back out there, uh, they just feel like they've got more middle infielders there. I could see a move of Daniel Murphy, but he's got to get the bat going again. Um, Cause he would, he would have, he's got resume out there. He's got clout in the league. People know who he is. They trust his bat. But as Patrick said, right now people are trying to acquire pitching more than anything else and um the rockies pitchers who have the most value are guys they have no interest in moving like john gray herman marquez kyle freeland that would be 
absurd, right? None of you, as much as all of you would like to see the Colorado Rockies make more moves and do some exciting things, those are the calls they're going to be getting right now. So Jeff Breider's getting calls about, hey, you, you got interest in moving John Gray? You got interest in moving Marquez? What Freeland? You got any interest in Remember this Daniel Bard guy? Now, if they really fall out of it, maybe they can flip somebody like Bard some of these guys, even a camp if, if he's picked up a little bit. These guys are on one-year deals. Those are the kinds of sell moves you make. But uh, you don't do anything dramatic to your organization to try to win uh, a 60-game sprint. Yeah, precisely. Anybody that's on an expiring contract that you know you're not going to you know, extend for at least one more year is, is yeah. perfect trade fodder where you can bring something back especially because you, you still have that alternate site where there are some young, capable players that can can fill a spot. You know, Brett Boswell is more of a, an outfielder at this point, but uh, he did start uh, on the infield at, at second base, can play some third base. So you go ahead and, and, and trade Chris Owings, okay, that's a little bit of playing time maybe for a young guy like a, a Brett Boswell. So, you know, you, you have that ability to, to replace. And Murphy, again, on an expiring contract, there is an option that you could bring him back at a very reasonable price next year. So if you were interested in doing that, you don't deal him. But I think with, you know, with, with Rogers, ultimately, you know, it's his time now at second base. So what McMahon only plays half the time. Of course not. He becomes your first baseman. So I think it does make all the sense in the world um, that, that Murphy's your guy, but, the Rockies are going to be asking a lot more for him and that other teams might balk at. So I, I think Daniel Bard, you're right, you may be that, that guy um, that, that's, that's number one um, right next to, to Matt Kemp and, and Daniel Murphy. Yep, yep, yep. All right, well, we will keep talking through all of this stuff, and obviously we'll be right back with you after the Sunday afternoon finale out there in LA to see if the Rockies can salvage one. Make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel so that you don't miss out on any of these live chats. You click that bell icon, you'll get a little notification whenever we're going live. So you can join us, ask questions, be a part of the, I was going to say be a part of the fun, but be a part of the conversations about baseball. At the and if you go back and if you go back and you missed a day, go ahead and, and watch the Drew's recap from Friday night or our recap of the Astro series on Thursday, leave a comment in there. We're going to reply to all of them. So reach out to us. We love it. Absolutely. Always love answering your questions. So make sure you're also following us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You got to subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content, including me going a little bit in on Nolan Arenado and, and calling it how I see it. You're going to say superstar stuff. You better play like a superstar. And to this point, he has not. We will see if that continues or if it can change. That will be the biggest story moving forward, in my mind, for your Colorado Rockies. Unless, of course, something else happens because it's baseball and stuff can happen all the time. That's why we hope you'll just continue to hang out with us and be back Every single day, even though we know sometimes it can be difficult. We know you love the game of baseball because you're absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We are absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. 